welcome to the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Lee. This show is completely dedicated to giving you the stories, strategies, and top performance hacks from extraordinary minds around the globe. Without further ado, let's dive right in. And happy new year. Off we go into the wild unknowns of 2023. I know it has been a while since we've been able to connect on this podcast, but I want to have a very important conversation today around habit formation. And there's going to be a couple different aspects to this, but one of the big ones, I'll give you the the mic drop moment here, is that I don't think people actually want habits. I think what people want are intentionally designed schedules that give them more willpower. And I'm going to explain exactly how I got to this perspective because I'm I'm hoping that this will alleviate some of the pressures that we create for ourselves moving into the new year and trying to create new resolutions and build what we would call, I'm giving you air quotes right now, but obviously you can't see it, healthy habits and what we can do with something called habit stacking to help us build the thing that we actually need, which would be uh, better self-discipline, but truly at the core of it, the thing that we can measure that we have empirical data for is willpower. So what I've done over my life to better understand how I wanted to participate in my own habits was to recognize the things that I wanted to change and then ask and question, am I changing this because I have avoidant behavior of something that is either unhealthy or that is healthy that I have an emotional distraction away from that makes me uncomfortable, the trauma behind some of those things and better looking at some of those systems and models. And while gaining that clarity and leveraging understanding mentally and emotionally is exceptionally powerful, what I really wanted to discuss with you guys here today is exactly what to do once you have leveraged that clarity to understand, okay, I want to be healthier. What can I do? I want to have better mental health. I want to have better emotional integration, emotional intelligence. I want to have healthy relationships, communication. Once you have clarity for what that is, this is the time. And what we're going to discuss here today is actually what that looks like. So if we really break down what a habit is, A habit is a system or a routine that our nervous system does automatically, right? So if you've ever been in your car and you're either dropping the kids off at school or you're headed to work or whatever that may be, you get into the car and then basically, boom, you're there at work. And the rest of it, you kind of question like, man, did I blow Did I blow a red light? Like, did I run over the neighbor's cat? Like, what exactly happened inside of that? And to better describe and to better explain exactly what was going on, I'm going to describe to you a research study that was done on a mouse or more specifically rats and looking at habit formation inside of the brain. So in the early 60s, we were better trying to understand the way that the mind and psychology worked. And as we developed further in time, we started to better understand, okay, uh, there is a whole brain inside of this that's not just a three-pound thing of wet meatloaf, but inside of all of these organisms, that three pounds of wet meatloaf is the supercomputer that actually in some ways can run the mind. And in one of those studies that was done out of Stanford, we started to embed about 150 electrodes on a rat's brain. And after the surgery was completed and we started to pull the rights, uh, the rats out of um, anesthesia, we would place them in something extremely simple, a very simple maze that looked like a capital T. And at the bottom of that is where we had the mouse and the mouse was gated at the bottom of the T. Now, if you're imagining this T in your mind at the upper left-hand corner of an English T, as we will call it, because I know we have listeners all over the world, holler, uh, the top of that 
uh, left-hand tea was a piece of chocolate, which is one of the rat's favorite food. Now, what they would do is they would have basically a small gate that would unclick, and then they would start to monitor the brain activity of the mouse or the rat. And what they would realize and what they began to find is the process of habit formation has about three different steps. Step one, and in this example, will be the cue, which is the unclicking of the gate. So there's that click, right? And then over time and repetition, there is a habit that is formed. So the habit for these rats would be to go move forward and then take a left-hand turn and find the chocolate, right? And then they would have phase three of this, which will be the reward. So to kind of give this back one more time, we have the trigger or the cue, we have the routine, and then we have, which would be the habit, and then we have the reward. So cue, habit, reward, right? And all of those kind of make up what we would call inside of neuroscience, the habit loop. Now, a lot of this has been discussed and we're starting to better understand uh, the way that these habits really start to uh, impact our life on a daily basis, but that's not the conversation that I wanna have today. What I wanna have and what I wanna illuminate here is the brain activity that was actually going on inside of the rat as it started to build and develop uh, this uh, habit that we all want to have more of, right, is these healthy habits in our lives. So what exactly started to go on? When the cue is initialized, there is a increase in brain activity. And that increase in brain activity during the first, first few times that the rat was introduced to this new stimulus was maintained, just meaning there was high brain activity and it was followed by high brain activity, followed by more high brain activity when the reward was given. And as time continued, what we discovered is the high brain activity actually went down and down and down and down. So in fact, the activity of the brain actually looks like a U. And that U is high brain activity followed by the habit, followed by high brain activity with the reward. And the brain activity, and this is true even in humans, gets so low, it is similar or close to us daydreaming and or dozing off into sleep. This is why I want to introduce the idea that the habits that we create are not exactly correct. And this might be a bit more of like a language stance on some of this, but we don't actually want habits because the habits that we are thinking about creating kind of create this automation where we're not actually aware of what's going on because the brain is an efficiency exchange machine and it knows what to anticipate over time. And when it knows what to anticipate over time, it will just run automations. And the portion of the brain that's responsible for that, if you guys care at all, is called the striatum. Striatum is again a portion of the frontal cortex and these are all large brush strokes for all my scientists out there. But essentially what is going on is that when we introduce and build a habit, we are using the frontal cortex to kind of uh, understand and comprehend what is going on. And this is why for the first couple weeks of the year, as we all go into our New Year's resolutions, we're all like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's because that frontal cortex is in the state of learning. It's developing, it's understanding, it's curating, it's cultivating. But as time continues, and this is what we see consistently because we run studies on this pretty much every single year, is that the day that Valentine's Day shows up and we're about maybe 45 days into the year, we start to completely lose uh, the tracking of people with their habits because 
during that period of time, they have become automations. So we have lost the mindfulness that we originally went into that, and we did not sustain the level of novelty and stimulation. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, perhaps you're like, man, that sounds a lot like my neurodivergent folks that get to the point where they know it's figure outable and they stop, right? And this is the truth about having these habits and formations in our lives too, because I think, and this has been exceptionally true for me, I don't want habits, I want intentional scheduling. And this is one of the greatest things that we can have for our mental health, especially if you have depression or anxiety. We wanna get rid of the uncertainty uh, of what could happen and inside of that, create a healthy amount of novelty for what to healthily anticipate in a way we don't know what to expect, right? And that sounds like a big jumble of words to basically say, create a schedule where you can schedule in uncertainty, playful uncertainty, right? And this is the way that we can also look into the way that we build the thing that we actually want, which is willpower, right? So willpower and discipline really start to build into this to say, uh, to use willpower is to do the hard thing when the easy thing is available, right? So I want to bridge the gap here to say that we really, and at least in the terms that I am understanding this, and it's been really effective uh, in the lives of hundreds of my clients and, you know, the thousands and thousands of people that I've talked to over time is in fact that, hey, you say you want these habits, but what I think you really want is just intentional living again, right? You want to feel alive. Like you want to just like feel period, right? All of those fun things that start to fire up with this. So what does the process of that actually look like? So what I have in front of me is my iPad. And what I'm going to do is just kind of explain to you the way that I have my schedule set up inside of my Google Calendar. Um, so inside of my Google Calendar, I kind of have these things that are my non-negotiables. Uh, they're the things and the habits that we would say uh, that are just intentional schedules, right? So in the morning time, I have three things that I do, and I have them quite literally scheduled out inside of them, that there are 20-minute blocks, 20, 20, 20, and it is movement mindfulness, and education. If you've ever listened to this show before, I do this all the time, pretty much every day. I do those three non-negotiables. My goal is to do them each for 20 minutes per day minimum, uh, but sometimes life gets busy. Like last week, my daughter wasn't really feeling great, so there was a couple days inside of there that I did each of those for a minute. I was doing like a minute-long plank, a minute-long like post-it note journal, which is my mindfulness, and then I was reading like a daily reader. And the big thing inside of that that I wanted to continue to perpetuate was celebrating doing things that I didn't have to do that were continuing to push the envelope. Because even on the days that I didn't get the full habit or the routine in, I still celebrate myself. I still give myself that intrinsic reward of saying, man, you didn't have to do that today, Chris, but like you did it. Like high five, my guy. Like that's really awesome. So the way that these things are broken down is that I have like the time that I wake up even now scheduled and that my time and my schedule that I wake up has even evolved and adapted. Um, as I've gotten older too, I used to wake up super, super early and then um, into the late summer and into the fall and now into winter, um, I've actually adapted and I'm sleeping a little bit longer in. So I usually wake up around 6 or 6.30 now. I used to wake up at 4, 4.30 and I've kind of changed that schedule. So at the end of the day, I have a little bit more integration time now that my daughter's a little bit older. Um, she stays up a little bit longer. So some of these tools are becoming more and more effective for me. We learn, we grow, and we evolve. So with some of the things that we start to go on, I start to ask myself, what are the things that I want to change or have more of in my life now, right? So I have those three non-negotiables that are kind of scheduled in. And then if I look at just a blank day in like, let's say March, for example, 
it's pretty open because I haven't scheduled anything in there. But if I look at my schedule right now, uh, starting this month off, it actually looks rather full. But if you look into some of these things, it looks full with things that are pretty fun, right? So like inside of here, I have like a pot spinning class and I have um, a Super Mario party or I have like, you know, playing Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo Switch with my brother uh, or some of these like very fun, playful things. And you ask like, you know, why would you put those things into the schedule? Because for me and the way that my nervous system works, having those things in the schedule means that it's going to get done. I'm going to get reminders on my phone. I'm going to get reminders on technology that I'm using. And I'm going to use that to release the bandwidth in my brain to focus on things that are actually important to me. Because a huge part of my job is like critical thinking. It's deep thinking. It's deep work. And I only get so much of that deep work hours per day for by the way, is like the max that I see most people get, right? Like these are like my executives, like you get four hours of like deep associative learning, which is you smashing together experiences, thoughts, feelings, and actions to build out new connections. You get four hours max per day. I'll be honest with you, most people have an hour or less unless they've trained it. I have like maybe around three hours. Someday I can get four, but like a lot of the time I try to do three hours or less of deep work. You might say, oh man, that's like, you're not hardly working at all. Well, first off, yes. And I worked really hard to get to this point where I have the capacity to do the things that I love and to share this. But even right now, creating this podcast and like having these things, this is deep work for me. I have notes that I sat down and organized. I had things that I did research on. I broke this down into parts so I could share this hopefully in a way that you are just on the edge of your seat with riveting information that is transforming your life to take more risk and have more pleasure in life, like whatever the heck you need in your life or just sipping your coffee or maybe you're dropping your kids off at uh, school or picking them up from soccer practice, whatever that may be. Um, and if that's the case, I hope your coffee is still hot from this morning. But regardless of what those things are, the goal for me and having sight in this schedule is to maintain mindfulness, intentionality, and learning all the while creating the potential for me to express what I think is my life's purpose, right? And I'm not going to go into what I think that is or how you can find some of those things. If you really want it and break this thing down really simple, start to look at things that you enjoy, that you know are healthy, that you would have more of if you could, and schedule those into your life. Because again, at the end of the day, is it the habits and the routines that we really want in our lives? I, I I dare to say no, because that almost creates this level of like mindlessness, right? And this is exactly what distractions are doing for our discipline. And this kind of gets us into our final point is look at the things that are stealing your focus, attention, and time. Those distractions mostly live inside that little black mirror that we call our phone. And if it is being used as a tool against you, then it will be used to manipulate and change your brain chemistry. We've talked about like the dopamine detox here before. I don't think we need a dopamine detox. I need, we need a focusing dojo, right? We don't need to get rid of the dopamine or like get rid of the things. We just need to learn how to focus because truly things are distracting us. So like one of the things that I show all of my clients is an app on iOS called uh, Opal. Download it, it blocks your apps. But one of the things that I also like to show a lot of my clients is like when all of my apps are blocked, I'm using my phone as a library, quite literally a library. I'm using it for articles. I'm using it for publications. Like some of the things that are on my, my phone, people are like, what are those apps? I'm like, they're apps for me to read. And they're like, oh, you must really enjoy reading. I didn't. 
I truly, truly didn't. And over time, I knew that it was a skill that I wanted to develop in order for me to have a healthier, more abundant life. So I went through the same way that I had shared with you during this period of time to see if I could build intentional scheduling so that this became something that was a part of my life. And put the title inside of the thing like a 1990s uh, you know, family rom-com, building the habit kind of became this automation for me where I now can sit down and I genuinely enjoy reading and researching and like, you know, highlighting articles and I do it with, you know, my lovely coffee and I have it at a specific time of day. Like that type of intentionality creates a level of inspiration for me, which allows me to drive towards things that are more motivating, right? So there's a couple different pieces that I want everybody to take away. One of the biggest ones comes at the end here that if you want to have more willpower to do the hard thing when the easy thing is available, you need to remove the distractions. On my whiteboard in my office for the past month has been a sign that says reduce the noise, right? There's so much noise that it becomes impossible to hear the music. And literally in my life, I constantly had music running around in the background of the house. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, uh, minus Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, our TV and our technology literally lives in my closet. I unplug my TV. It sits on two stools that make up uh, like our kitchen bar. And the rest of the time, there's books and activities and there's blocks. And um, now there's a cat that's running around the house. We got a cat for Christmas, by the way. His name is Merlin. He'll have his own social media page in a hot second. But all of these different factors, he's not going to. I'm not going to be that guy yet, dot, dot, dot. But all of these different factors were creating a healthy environment for me but there were some things in my life that were also creating distractions. And the more distractions that you have at the end of the day, the easier it is for the negative habits to have an impact on your life, right? So reduce the distractions, phase one. Phase two is really going in and starting to say, what things do I want to place into my schedule, right? How can I schedule those things in for five, 10 minutes? And how can I do it without distractions? And the final phase of this is, drum roll please, social accountability. With all of my clients, when they go in and we have our sessions at the end of it, I ask them two questions, when and how, right? So once we get to the the nitty gritty of all of these things, and I do this with my consulting clients as well, great, you want to make changes when and how. And I give them usually 10, 15, maybe an hour to develop a program. But at the end of that, I want it in a schedule bound by time, specific amounts of time, start and end date. And I want a calendar invite to that from you, right? So I want to see that in there and I will hold them accountable to those things, right? And if you're wondering how do you find groups and like activities like this, we are starting our next accountability group. That's going to be our biometrics group. We're going into self-regulation and skill management. And I'm also starting a small business uh, group for entrepreneurs that really want to start their own consulting firm or coaching or just small business that is illuminating their own gifts. I'm starting things like that. You have to check out social media to make sure you stay on top of those things. But that social aspect of that, I'm not saying that to like ring my own bell here. I'm saying that because that social accountability is a huge metric that we can leverage to have higher form of accountability in the way that we move forward and actually create change. If you do it one time, you kind of get the rush of it. But if you do it the second time, you also so start to build and form uh, systems and models for your brain to recognize what to occur. 
the big thing that I want you to recognize is that every 14 days, you should try to jumble it up a little bit. Try to give yourself a little bit of shakeup and do something new in the same topic so that your brain doesn't become accustomed and you lose that learning curve and brain capability. This is one of the skills that I've recognized the most successful people that I work with do. It's one of the things that I've done that even though um, I have the same, you know, uh, move my body, do some level of mindfulness and education, uh, the way that I do them changes consistently so that I still have novelty in my life so that you don't get bored. Especially for my neurodivergence, boredom is the antithesis of progress for y'all. Uh, and it is just the killer of dreams. So that's our big takeaway from today's session. I know it's been a while since we've been able to discuss and hang out and chill, but I hope everyone had an amazing holiday season. I'm super excited to dive back into this work with you. And like I said, if you're interested in joining into some of those groups, I'm gonna start posting more and more details inside of my stories on Instagram, and I'll try to post it everywhere else that I possibly can can. Um, but to stay in the loop with some of those things, make sure you subscribe and like this podcast, the YouTube channel, wherever you're listening or watching to this, and also make sure that you're checking out us on social media. Have an amazing day, my friends, and I will see you on the next one.